Hi, and welcome to a novel ending podcast. We're your hosts, Joanna and Kat. We chat about all things revisions the fun stuff, the not so fun stuff, and the seriously, I've written like 10 novels now. Why doesn't this get any easier stuff? Join us while we share our enthusiasm and tips to help you tackle your next draft before it tackles you. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about different stages you go through to create your main characters in your stories. But first, we have our question of the day. If you could be a fictional character, who would you be? I think I would want to be Sophie from Howl's Moving Castle. All right. And my reasoning, one, I think that would be a really cool world to be in. And two, I've always had a fictional crush on Hal. <laughs> so I'll be like, yeah, I'd love to be Sophie. Uh, <laughs> and then plus, I think she's really cool. I feel like you thought about your answer way more than I did when I first saw the question. I immediately thought that I would want to be Carew from Lainey Taylor's Daughter of Smoke and Bone, only because she is like multilingual. No problem. Any language she hears, she can speak it. Yeah. But there's so much more to her life that's pretty horrifying that I probably should think that through a little bit more. I know. When you first said that, I immediately went to the horrifying stuff. Why? That's an odd choice. (laughs) Although we both love that book series. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I feel like I'd have to think a lot harder about everything that happens in a book before I decide. But that was my initial instinct. So I guess that would be more of a trait that I would want of a fictional character or an ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so for this episode, how we're going to go about it is we're both going to talk about what we know about our main characters going into our first, you know, messy drafts. And then when we go through revisions, like our second draft, and then subsequent revisions, the things we do to kind of flesh our characters out more, give them more depth, things like that. So yeah, so for first draft, a few of the things that I usually know going in, and I should specify that I think I've mentioned this before, that I'm a full-on pantser, pantser through and through. So I tend to know very little, although sometimes all I know going into a first draft is my main character, and I'll just kind of like make everything else up around that. Or sometimes I know like the setting and then make up the character. So it does depend book to book. But something... I do like to try to figure out going into the book is motivation. I've talked about this on past episodes, but I feel like motivation, especially kind of like emotionally arc wise, is really important. So I I try to figure out in that first chapter where their beliefs are specifically about how they see themselves in this world that I've set them up in. And then I like to figure out the end. So where are they going to end up? And then I just make up everything in between. So, (laughs) but as long as I know the beginning, the end, at least I can kind of connect some of the puzzle pieces. Something else that I like to figure out is, and this might be kind of an odd one to know so early, but actually like clothing. Because for me, like how they dress and how they maintain themselves, like how they wear their hair or if they even brush their hair or things like that. To me, that's more important than their physical look. So I don't worry about like what shape nose do they have or what are their eye color? Like, I don't care about that. I care about how do they physically like present themselves to the world? Because to me, that's more telling. I think that definitely says more about their personality too than just how they look. They can't really change the shape of their nose. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing I like to know going in is what their name is. 
That said, I have changed character names before. Usually that's more for side characters because whatever reason, sometimes I'll like write a book and then I'll look back and be like, oh, all the characters names start with L. Like, let's go (laughs) change some of these side character names. But my main character, I usually have their name pretty picked out. And then also a rough idea of what their relationship is to their family and friends. Like, are they close or distant or things like that? So yeah, those are mine. What about you, Joanna? Um, So I am maybe more of a planner. I wouldn't say platter anymore, but I do tend to do a lot of world building before I start writing, especially with character and how, you know, to me, the world kind of affects the character and the character affects the world. But I will start with a Pinterest board with clothing and just inspiration for the visual of my character. I don't pick something exactly and then use it, but I find it's a lot easier to write an interesting description when I have something to look at instead of just coming up with it off the top of my head absolutely from the beginning. So um, that I do usually have a defining belief going into that first chapter and the first draft. So something they believe about the world and what they want I think not knowing that going in often can make for you writing like more journaling to figure those things out as you're learning yourself while you're writing so I try to have like that right from the start to jump off of Um, and like you too I do kind of related to those things want to know where they're starting and where they're going to end up not necessarily knowing the same what's going to happen in between but having an end goal even if it's not a goal of theirs but a goal of mine for them and I usually also know what their lowest point will be so I have sort of a midpoint aim and then the like end of the book aim for the character so quick question about your Pinterest boards. Do you do one per character or does each character have like a hair board and a clothing board? And- it depends on if it's a contemporary or fantasy novel and how many uh. characters there are. So with Shady Woods, each book has its own character board because they change a little over the years, you know? So like I have that for a fantasy novel that I'm writing right now, there's like three different families. So each family has a board with like pictures and the different clothing that they wear in that kingdom, for example. So it depends. Yeah. Cool. Nice. I like that. Great. So going into our second draft, the first thing that I like to do is a deep dive on the character's backstory. Something that I really like to focus on with that is the one big incident in their past that has shaped why they react to the world or circumstances in a certain way. I'm trying to think if this has like another name. I think that's the defining belief sort of. Well, the one big incident forms their defining belief, right? Yeah. That is, and then that's how they look at their perspective, how they look at the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that I like to <laughs> figure out that because, you know, that tells you a lot of what holds them back, especially at the beginning of the novels and like why they make the choices they make. And, you know, most of the time that doesn't ever even really show up in the story. It's just something that happened in their past that, you know, you kind of just have to show through decisions and stuff like that. But, you know, every once in a while, maybe I'll include like a flashback that like has that scene in it, but... I feel like if you're writing middle grade, it's less likely to maybe show up. But like if you're writing young adult, there's usually a romantic plot line where they share that story with somebody at some point, right? True. For sure. And and I think even point of view can sometimes maybe have an effect. Like if you are first person or like really close third, that might show up. But if it's more distant, distant, then you wouldn't necessarily have that. Right. Yeah. 
so something else I like to do before going into my second draft is flesh out the character ticks. So these are, you know, when your character gets nervous or scared or excited, like how they physically react. There are tons of tropey ones out there, but I try to make mine specific to them. So if a person wears glasses, you know, how can you kind of incorporate the glasses in their tics? Or if they always dress in button-down shirts, like maybe they always kind of unbutton that last button like nervously or something. So just, you know, trying to think of if they have an interest in cooking, this isn't necessarily a tick, but maybe when they make jokes, they're always cooking related, you know, just kind of like adding that extra layer. Are there comparisons or metaphors that they're making or Mm -hmm. that cooking language comes up as applied to other things? Yeah, exactly. I also like to strengthen their goals and really try to figure out what they're willing to lose to achieve the goals. Because I think the lengths at which people are willing to go, especially like failures and stuff, just help make your characters even stronger and your stories more interesting to read because, you know, it adds conflicts and all that fun stuff. I also like to determine the thing they are able to do at the end of the story that they aren't able to do at the beginning. Which kind of is the main part of their character arc. In my last story, which was about a boy who is a the son of like this very famous supervillain who then has to like take over his dad's legacy. What he couldn't do at the beginning was, you know, there's like a whole bunch of rules governing supervillains where you can't work with a sidekick and, you know, you can't do all these things. And he very much was a stickler to the rules. And by the end, he realizes he has to break them to become his own villain. So that's kind of like what he could do at the end that he wasn't able to get past in the beginning. Uh, yeah. And then I like to figure out my character's fears. And this can run on many levels. But like, what's that one underlying fear that they have? Is it being alone or being laughed at or failing or any sort of fears like that? Yeah, I think definitely some of my second draft strengthening of character is similar. Speaking to your character ticks, I, you know, I'm definitely looking to fill out my characters more fully and make them feel real and multi-dimensional instead of being slapped on the page and trying to stay away from cliches or turn a cliche on its head so that your characters are your own and feel like real people, right? That the reader can relate to. Um, I definitely look at consistency. So sometimes I'll start writing and then I'll randomly decide something about the character halfway through. So pulling those things that I developed while writing back to the beginning and throughout and making sure that it's not inconsistent with something else that I was doing with that character. So just trying to make them feel so that the reader, when they're reading, is like, oh yeah, this character, this person would absolutely do that. That sounds like them, makes sense. You know, there's no, wait a second, I don't know that I believe this character would make that choice or think that thought or say that sentence kind of a thing. And then making sure that their final decision is clear before going into the climax. So the climax isn't, I do think sometimes the climax, you want it to be at such a pace that you're not having to slow it down to explain things. So I try to make sure the character is clear before that. So again, the reader isn't wondering why the character did that during the climax. They already know, they've already heard it out of the character's mouth, or they know the character so well, they're not surprised that the character would make those decisions at the end. I think that's mainly what I'm focusing on in the second draft. And then as far as your final pass, Kat, what would you say you focus on for the final polish of your character? 
For my final polish, I focus on consistency, kind of like you mentioned just a bit ago, but more specifically with their dialogue. I like to try to make dialogue as distinguishable as possible between characters. So if I have a character who starts a lot of sentences like, well, blah, 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 I make sure not like five characters are doing right. it. I'm like, okay, this character is the one who will say well and things mm-hmm. like that. Or do they say hi or hey or hello? You know, and I keep that consistent. So yeah, really doing that final look at the dialogue for my main character, especially, but making sure that I didn't start blending all my characters' dialogue together. Also, internal reactions are consistent. So I don't suddenly add a new character tick. Say I have a character who wears a tie and like their tick is like adjust their tie. And then, you know, three quarters through the novel, it's like suddenly they start like raising their eyebrows, you know, and that just kind of comes out of nowhere. I make sure I try to either incorporate it sooner or just not switch it up. (laughs) And the tie is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. And then you totally forget about the tie. Yeah, I also like to make sure there's a good balance of physical and internal reactions. I'm not sure if there's a perfect formula for like how much physical you should have, you know, like they clench their hands into fists versus like their heart starts beating rapidly. Like Mm -hmm. it's so hard to come up with a good balance. Right. You just have to definitely be careful that it's something that they can see in their point of view. Like clenching their fists, obviously they know they're doing, but you want to stay away from their face flushed red. I mean, they can feel their face is flushing red, but they can't see that. So that might not be a good example, but stuff like that as far as physical reaction goes. Yeah, so try to keep a good balance of that, whatever that balance ends up (laughs) looking like. It probably depends to some extent on what genre you're writing and your character, right? If your characters seems like more internally focused versus externally focused, how much of themselves do they hold inside versus how much do they let the world see kind of too. Yeah. And maybe that's a good way to look at it is if your character is really internal or introspective, maybe at the beginning of the novel, they do have more of those internal reactions. And then as they let go, like throughout their novel, you know, maybe those turn into more like physical reactions. I also think certain scenes that are action scenes or like fight scenes, things like that, Mm -hmm. like would probably have more like kind of physical reactions rather than internal. So yeah, kind of like another way to look at it, but you just shouldn't have all internal reactions for an entire book. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing, I always just make sure that their goals are clear throughout. This is something that I struggle on every book and my critique partners constantly yell at me. Um, (laughs) I have their goals in the back of my mind always, but that doesn't necessarily show up on the page. Mm -hmm. And I can't expect every reader to be like, I'm going to sit down and read your book from beginning to end in one sitting. And, you know, so I won't forget anything. Like, of course, readers take breaks and like, Mm -hmm. you know, forget things. And so it's our job to keep those goals and motivations of our main characters on the page, not overdoing it, but just make sure that they are showing up throughout the novel. I think a lot of times I'll write a character whose goal will sort of change partway through. And so making sure it makes sense what new information they found out that has maybe changed their path a little bit. Yeah, like the thought process behind Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, what about you, Joy? I think I go through and I double check that there's a clear cause and effect between their emotions and their actions and choices. 
So sometimes in the revisions, I mean, even though I'm looking at consistency of the character, I think you're also separately looking at plot. So sometimes you can kind of lose track of exactly what the character's thinking going into a plot point or something. So in my final polishing pass, I try to just make sure that feels good that someone's not mad and acting lovely to the person they're mad at or something like that (laughs) or vice versa and also trying to make sure I didn't drop anything along the way when I was making those main revisions where if they said or did something that feels like it needs to be followed up on or they say they're going to do something that that's addressed later and it's not just forgotten about and then A lot of times when I'm, you know, in my early drafts, I use more dialogue tags in conversation and less, like I'm thinking more about getting the conversation and the information on the page and I'm not really stopping long enough to think about what they might be doing while they're talking, but so that they're not just speaking heads, I'll make sure that those conversations have interaction with their environment or their character ticks or interaction with each other. Or maybe they're in the middle of work and they're having to do work while, you know what I mean? So like that, it kind of fills out that whole scene. So personal texts like picking at their nails, which you talked about earlier on, I'll often use that if people are just sitting, talking, a lot of that stuff comes in to show, you know, how are they oriented towards the person they're speaking to? So that feels like you're getting more information about the relationship than just what they're saying and things like that. And Those personal tics or like what they're doing with their own body can tell you their state of mind, even if they're saying something, maybe, you know, maybe they're trying to hide how they really feel and they're having this conversation with those personal movements. You can clue the reader in on that a little bit too. Awesome. I like that. Okay. So that's all we have for this particular episode. We are going to be continuing our talk on characters next episode with chatting about side characters and their agendas. Thanks for listening to another episode of a Novel Ending Podcast. If you're a fan of the show, please help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review and by sharing this episode with your community. And make sure to check out our website, anovelending.com, to learn more about what other services we offer. Happy revising! Happy revising!